Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. I got this funny feeling, and I know I could be wrong, but I don't want to be right. Say I'm crazy, I'm illogical, atypical, so I think I'll stay in tonight. And I don't think I want to, but here I stay. I hope someday you're going to walk this way. Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Ben Tyler with somebody. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are y'all doing? Hey. Hello, Daniela. Hello, Marvin. <laughs> oh, we have new names this week. <laughs> oh, and, we're uh, going to do that. I'll, I'll be, um, what could be my name? You know, I, you know what's funny? We don't get to pick our names. Like, if, like do you, if you could pick your name, you could change your name, what name would you be? Would you still be Nicole or would you want to be something else? Um... I would probably be Marie because like, I I will say um, when I was confirmed and you got to pick like your third name or whatnot, it was Marie. So I was Nicole Regina Marie and I've always loved Marie, mm. but I, I like my name now. So I don't know if I would change it. Would you be Greg? I'd probably keep it. I'm actually a Robert. So there were like five generations of yeah. Roberts. Your middle so you're name Robert is- Gregory. And we go by, yeah. So we go by our middle names. Right. You're, you're Southern, uh, super Southern. Yeah. 
So I, you know, my, my feeling is that I actually heard a little talk uh, from my mom and uh, from family about how my name came about. They actually wanted to call me Montgomery. So <laughs> I could have been a Monty. I could have been a Monty. So I'm, I'm kind of glad. A Montgomery I'm, Riggle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Anything you, put, anything you put before Wriggle is a bit of a challenge. Anyway, my uh, my mother wanted to call me, she didn't believe in middle names. She wanted to call me either Carl, she liked short names, so she wanted to call me either Carl or Ricky. Ricky? Hey, there you go. But like, not, Ricky not, 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 not Richie, Ricky. That was the but name. But not Richard, so Ricky. No, not, not Richard, Ricky. Anyway, enough of that. I'm Carl. You're Nicole. He's Greg. Yeah. But uh, that song reminds me, you know what? Boy, that's upbeat, man. Ben was that, like bringing the that upbeat, That song right? reminds me of, uh, maybe if you remember, this song by a, a band called, in the mid-90s, a band called the New Radicals had this song yeah, called a, you, you Get What You Give. It was man, a that great was a, song. an amazing track, actually. That was yeah, a great that song. That was kind of that new and, romantic for pop kind of boy and this band. again, yeah. what's my word, guys? Retro. Retro. <laughs> I, I thought it, uh, I, I liked the production. I think it was uh, creative and, um, you know, kind of a homage to that throwback sound. Wait a minute uh, now. Isn't it, isn't it homage? Did I say homage? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretentious to say homage. Oh, <laughs> that's how you say it? I've heard it pronounced both ways, but I've heard Lord it pronounced forbid. both ways. You Marquis or, you know, um, <laughs> Croissant, you know, like you know. You don't like uh, genre. Well, yeah, you don't go genray. You know, like, <laughs> we have certain foreign words that are part of our English vernacular, correct? Yes, and that's one of them. You know, like. Okay, so Greg, you sent Carl and I a very interesting article last week. Yeah. Talking about an artist who got unsigned from a label because of yeah. the fact that it wasn't. Because they don't exist. They don't exist. It's not an artist. It's it's created through artificial intelligence and technology. And to me, yeah. that was fascinating that like that even exists nowadays, and that it got to the point where they even got a record label. Like, what do you mean? I, I, I again, anything anything Greg sends me, I don't read any of it. You, so. No, this one you should have read. It was, gosh, it was interesting. I read the like I normally like have the same thought as you. Like, oh, what did Greg send? But like. This one was so interesting. The title of the article is Capitol Records Severs Ties with AI Rapper FN Mecca Issues Apology After Facing Criticism for Gross Stereotypes. Yeah, so yeah, that's the that's the issue involved. Tell me the story. So what was it? You're familiar with the, uh, what do they call them? Uh, the avatars? Yeah. Right. So this thing looks kind of like an avatar and they're basically, they were trying to create the personage as the first AI-generated rap artist. Robot rapper is what they call well, it. Was that good that it got signed? Capitol Records thought they would be clever and so they could have the bragging rights associated with b being the first company to sign oh, okay. to a record contract, this AI personage. And they dropped them? The, but it backfired on them because if you see what this 
character portrays, it's basically a lot of hip hop stereotypes, which uh, people in the black community at large thought was um, extremely inappropriate and racist racist, and inappropriate. Yeah. Their whole issue with it is, is this isn't a real person. So what they're portraying is someone who's not even real, like different stereotypes. Right. And, so and, and three chubby, bald, 47-year-old white guys are creating this rap exact, guy. Exactly. And, and the, I think the creators were not black. I think that's the case. So right. that, I guess, was an issue as well. But for me, uh, I thought it was interesting because it was uh, a classic example of somebody trying to be ahead of the trend when they didn't think it through. And, uh, you know, Major labels are like that. They'll throw money at something because it sounds good. Uh, No pun intended. I'm kind of glad I'm older now, man, because like I don't think I can take another forty years away. This world's going to go, you know. (laughs) You know, by the time you know, I feel sorry. I just don't pay any attention to most of it. I I thought it was interesting. Go weird, man. It's going to go weird. I'm always looking for ammunition to rail against the industry. Well, what's going to happen you know? is why pay some guy, Tom Cruise, $20 million a movie plus back end, you know, and he's getting older anyway, when they can create this guy who'll never age and cost nothing. That's what's going to happen. You see some of these computer oh, games yeah. now? It looks real. I recently read an article about the difference between the way records used to be made and how we sold physical product to people and that, you know, that rendered the copyrights with a particular value based on what had sold and based on the performances out in the marketplace. Well, they're saying now that the reason these catalog deals are so astronomical and so considered to be so valuable is because the way people consume music now, they're listening to a stream. So they've figured out a way through royalties to monetize the listening, and you don't have to worry about physical products. So some of these catalogs that have been created, and we know this to be true, they're evergreen as far as people's willingness and interest in listening Mm -hmm. to these catalogs. Therein lies the value. I'm making a new album. I'm going to announce it today. Yep. And it's only available yep. on 8-track. I'm not, I'm not going to put it on <laughs> any other format. It's not going to be streaming. In order, if you want my music, you have to order it online with your Diners Club card. <laughs> <laughs> Diners Club. Yet another Club. reference that no one that listens to this podcast will know. I'll have to put a link to like a Wikipedia link or something like that for everyone. Can you name a, a credit card that came out and didn't last or wasn't um, or wasn't yeah, successful? There was Blanche, there was Dinah's Club, they're, they're over. Yeah. I think that I think credit card business was so incredibly lucrative that it's hard to find ones that didn't have an impact, you know, that weren't profitable. I don't know if you all are familiar, but this past Sunday, the VMA Awards, which I didn't know were still happening. Happened in Jersey. I heard viewership was up. Well, I heard viewership was up, but I heard that the overall thought on the show was that it was probably one of their worst. Well, Taylor Swift won with that big movie, which I like. Oh, the 10-minute long video. Yeah. It was 14 minutes. I I like it, actually. I like those. It was the actor. That one actor guy, I forget his name, and then his actress from Stranger Things. 
Sadie Sink, her name was, and it was kind of good. You know, something about, you know, I kind of like Taylor well, Swift, I be, guess. You know? I think one of the reasons viewership was up is she dropped her little Easter eggs that something was going to happen, and she kept her fans guessing whether or not she was going to go there. And if she did go there, her fans wanted to know what she was going to announce. And mm. she announced that she was having a new album release, I think it's like October 21st, called Midnight. I'd have to say she's probably more than Lady Gaga, more than Katy Perry, more than Billie Eilish. She's probably the biggest single music artist right now. I think because she, she said the longevity. She said, well, how long did she well, run? Well, 10, 12 uh, years, ten, right year, oh, ten yeah. years ago, exactly, to the VMA awards or whatnot was the whole thing with Kanye. And she was already around at least maybe like five years before that. Anyway. Interesting article called The Tragic Decline of Music. You can... Google that. And I'll have a link in our show notes for that. Yeah, the tragic decline of music. But I didn't agree with a lot of things in the article. There was one interesting tidbit, one interesting fact I thought I would bring up to make the podcast episode that much more lively. I'm going to give you a little quiz. So the premise behind this little factoid is that there's been a decline in music because uh, we are not traditionally or classically trained to listen anymore. How many pianos do you think were sold in the year 1909? Are you going to give us like a like an ABC choice or we just have to guess? No, 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 no. Just 364,500 pianos. And how many uh, were sold this year? Twenty thousand. Thirty thousand. Yeah. So 10% of the number of pianos have been sold in just a 100%. So the question becomes, because we no longer look at music in a classical way, since people are not interested enough to try to find out what performing is like in the melodic scale and uh, because people have zero interest in theory. Tonight's episode, Greg tells us the purchase history of pianos. In a world. (laughs) In a world of pianos. Do you know, we're doing all the sounds tonight. Do you know that my husband is actually classically trained? Yeah, you've you've mentioned that. He went to SUNY Potsdam. Isn't he a horn player? He is. He is a classically trained euphonium player. So we have these generations of people that have no connection or concept of what music really is. Therefore, I think they're more readily willing to kind of accept this crap that um, being presented. Back in the day, there was no radio. Sheet music was the thing. So everyone in the family bought a piano. Exactly. And someone would buy the sheet music of the week, exactly. of the month, of grace hits, and play the songs. Exactly. That's how you heard. Even movies had actually guys mm-hmm. playing the piano. Right. You know, back then. Right. You know, so, it just developed. Now we have radio. Now we have Spotify. So, But the premise is that... We were better connected when we. I, you know, I'm bored already. We got to move on. <laughs> well, I was going to say, right. I think the thing that we do is we listen to Ben Tyler, which is our artist this week, with another single. So before we listen to Ben Tyler's next single with you, we'll hear from his management company, which is Publicity Nation PR. This episode features an artist from Publicity Nation PR. Publicity Nation PR is a music, entertainment, and lifestyle public relations and artist development agency based in Nashville, Tennessee. 
They are an industry leader in music and entertainment publicity, artist development, branding, and commercial projects for artists, entertainers, entrepreneurs, and social influencers. Their drive, dedication, and exemplary work ethic leads the way to their client success. For more information, go to publicitynation.com. Again, that is publicitynation.com. Seven days and nights We stayed up past the sun We didn't know it yet But this life had just begun Could it stay this way anymore? not hard to see that I believe you wanna say can we just start over and I wanna tell you nothing simple I know but it's you and me now so come and sit here darling cause I'm right where I should be Alone with you We'd stay in bed for days And scare ourselves on Halloween Or how our lives have changed For the better Even though it's Hard to see But can it be the same anymore? Love is all you need And yes, I believe You wanna say Can we just start over? And I wanna tell you Nothing simple, I know But it's you and me now So come and sit here, darling Cause I'm right where I should be Alone with you You and I know It's hard to let go We just keep getting old Can we just start over? And I wanna tell you Nothing simple, I know But it's you and me now So come and sit here, darling Cause I'm right where I should be Cause 
Nice song. Very nice you, track. Very nice. Um, one of those songs where it, it ended almost three yeah, times. Yeah, I felt you know, like, like there was like ended, a two, at least two different uh -oh. endings where I was like, okay, it's done. No offense to Ben, but how do you stay up past the sun? What does that mean? I don't know. I like that. I like yeah, that. I like it too, but what it's is poetic it poetic license. Stay up past no, the sun. Not. I mean, that's basically just staying up at night, right? Stay up past the sun. No, I, say, I, I think he means he was there when the sun came up. He was up all night. That's what I think oh. it means. Right. Right. I don't know. Right? That's what I. That's what. That's how I took well, it. Well, do we want to maybe see if he debunks that in the questions of the week that we've asked him? I can't imagine that he would. So the first question that we asked Ben was to tell us a little bit about himself. Hi, my name is Ben Tyler. I am a 37-year-old singer-songwriter from Pennsylvania. Um, I, uh, I like, write a lot of pop, pop rock, and folk pop music. Um, and I've been doing this uh, writing professionally for about the last 20 years. Um, and uh, I started music 30 years ago, playing piano. I play a little bit of acoustic guitar. I do a lot of singing, do some of my own producing. Um, I recently just came out with my first LP um, that I've ever released. Uh, it's called Phoenix. Um, and it is a uh, personal story uh, about the journey uh, of the ups and downs of a marriage, specifically my marriage. It does have a happy ending, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's uh, an emotional roller coaster. Um, and I'm really excited to finally have it out there for people to listen to. You know, not for nothing, but I, I wouldn't think that guy was 37 Neither would years I. Old I was very shocked when he said that. Well, I think it's kind of cool that he kind of owns that because in, in right, a right, traditional yeah. sense, that would, that would be a little long in the tooth for a pop star, but he obviously is proud of his long-term commitment to mm -hmm. music. So I'm down with that. <laughs> you have Greg's approval, Ben. There you, there you go, go, Ben. Take that and run with it, baby. The next question we asked him is what music artists have inspired your career so far? So I think my style is inspired by uh, a lot of music from the 2000s and 2010s, um, specifically artists like John Mayer, Ed Sheeran, um, more recently, guys like Charlie Puth, Harry Styles. Like that's sort of where I get my my sense of writing style, as well as the sort of pop vibes uh, that some of my songs come out with. Um, at the same time, I'm also really inspired by um, European indie folk music artists like uh, Novo Amor. Um, he's probably one of my my favorites. Um, just really atmospheric, beautifully produced songs as well as uh, Australian Ben Abraham. Um, he is a terrific songwriter. I've been following him for several years now, and he has inspired a lot of my stylings as well, as well as the 80s. Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of really good uh, one-hit wonders from back then. Um, I love some, especially a lot of the synth stuff. Um, really sounds great. And even those synth drums, I think, are starting to, to make a comeback, that sort of, that sort of sound in productions. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the music that I've been looking up to recently. No surprise about John Mayer. And also, I mean, he's alluded to a couple things that uh, we talk about all the time. You know, the the fact that '80s is retro is 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 a mind blower, but uh, it it is. And I, I like the fact that he also explores not just like U.S. based artists too. Like he takes a little bit of stuff from outside of the U.S., which they do have a different sound and they do have a different way of of doing things. I think so. It's interesting to hear that that also inspires him. Well, do we want to hear what Ben said for our last question that we asked him? The question Good. is... What do you think of the, the Gilligan Island reruns? 
But the question that we had Ben answer is, if you were to change one thing in the music industry, what would you change? If I could change one thing about the music industry, um, I think what I would change is the monetization of it all, um, specifically how artists make their money. You would think that it would be off of their music, <laughs> but in reality, it's not. I mean, when we're, we're suckered into the streaming platforms, uh, especially like Spotify, and artists make very little money off of streams. I mean, I think it's a few thousand dollars per million streams. Like that's that's crazy. If you think about the the true numbers of that and how ridiculous and unfair that is to all artists everywhere that are putting out their own music. It's that. It's the ability for artists to to make money, to make a living playing music, playing their music. Um, you know, not just uh, you know, playing cover gigs in a bar um or a club or something. Um that's that's really where I think us artists where we we want to to see ourselves going. We want to be able to generate that income, to be able to do what we love full time. Um you know, some of us it's just a passion project. But uh, I think most of us that are involved with music would like to keep doing it and make it our our full-time gig. But uh, unfortunately, due to the way the business is structured, um, there is, you know, there seems to be very little money there for the artists themselves. Do we really love to do this? You know, as an artist, have I ever really loved it? I mean, you have to love something in order to be in it for the long haul. I think you love it. I think being a a musician or an artist or a songwriter is an addiction. It's like being an alcoholic. <laughs> That's what it's like. Well, there are certainly negative consequences <laughs> associated with serving. I think it. there should be some musician rehab. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I loved all of it. I remember. So full disclosure, you're saying you do love, you have I, well, I Back in, uh-oh, back in the day, I remember like, you know, let's say we had a, a gig at, at Gilda's on, on the Bowery. We were in Long Island. So we had vans. We had like drum cases and a whole big thing. So we'd meet at the studio, the rehearsal studio, at about 2.30. Hang out, pack the truck, blah, 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 the roadies, blah, blah. Drive into the city, get there around 4.35, load in. You know, and then like, you know, set up, do the sound check. So like now it's 6.30, then we like go walk around the city for a little while, probably have a couple of drinks and get something to eat, come back by by nine o'clock, go backstage, now I'm sitting, all that. And then like sit there and then to wait till all the bands are done to, to load out because you couldn't move the stuff out to the door while the club was still going. So yeah, like sometimes you couldn't leave till one o'clock, you know? So, and I and then we get in the car and then on the way home, we'd stop at like <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts or something, you know? And then- um and then, like, so it was like this ten-hour day, and I loved every minute of it. Living the life, lo- exactly. Loading the car, and you know, th- sometimes the worst part of it was being on stage. <laughs> the best parts were like just all the <laughs> in the truck driving home, all the stupid stuff. You know, that was the fun. You know, I don't know. So yeah, so I I loved the life. I did love the life. Anyway, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about? I think we're quick? done. No. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you listen all the way through because we have one more single called Here Comes the Light by Ben. For all of the links that we've talked about through this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to you all later. open you're empty you're broken crawling out from the wreckage you're beaten discouraged 
Gotta get away, gonna make a break It's the only thing this give and take It's this one, it's this life to live Your life. 